It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to It's 11, It's Heaven for Jamie Vardy, the Leicester City podcast by Leicester City fans for Leicester City fans. Joined today by Tom and Steve and also Jake Watson from TalkSport. Jake, how are you? Yeah, I'm very well. Um, as good as can be, I'd imagine, for for all us City fans at the moment. So, so yeah, actually, weirdly, quite enjoying the international break, even though England are playing terribly as well. Yeah, well, we're recording this at exactly the same time as we are playing, so yeah. that tells you everything you need to know, really, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does, How yeah. we are, club or country and all that. That's, uh, that, that question's answered before we even began. We'll come back to you in a second. Steve, good to have you with us again. You're in Dublin. I am in uh, very windy Dublin right now, yes. Good to be back. Yeah. No, no defeats for a week, so you know, feeling a bit. More yeah, it's it's good to come onto a podcast without uh, having just lost a game. Yeah, well, we've lost one since the last time we did one. Oh, well, that's true, but it was a while ago now. We only conceded the six in that. Tom, yeah. looking forward to, to seeing you next week and uh, getting to the Forest game, and obviously we'll come on to that as the show goes on. But how are you? Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, otherwise, all right. Considering, um, I feel a bit a bit like I'm at a loose end at the minute. Um, I know you <laughs> you kind of feel similar to me and that um the England games aren't particularly exciting. So it's you know, without it's club football it's it? uh <laughs> it's hard work at the minute. But yeah, it'd be, be nice to get back next week. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Jake, we had one of your colleagues, Jeff Peters, on the show at, at one point. Uh, well, Uncle twice Jeff. On now, Uncle yeah. Jeff, yeah. Um, so <laughs> a little bit in terms of what I asked him is, how about you? How, how come you're a Leicester fan and, and when did it start for you? Um, I'm actually a little bit different, I'd imagine, to, to most of you guys. So whilst I am Leicester born and have been a Leicester fan my entire life, um, I never grew up in Leicester. So my, my dad was in the forces, you see. So born there and then moved away at, at a very young age and, and pretty much lived everywhere, you know, all around the country and in other countries as well. 
Um, but but Leicester was was always home for me, and you know as a as a footy mad guy, it was it was always Leicester that was my team. So yeah, whilst I, I never grew up in Leicester, and, and whilst I wasn't a season ticket holder until maybe a few years ago, because you know not living in Leicester, not growing up in Leicester, there weren't many Leicester fans in Norwich or in in Dorset. You know, so I was I was either going to games on my own, um, finding streams for them, or or dragging a mate along to to come along with me as a as a teenager. But obviously, since being being an adult and having some cash of my own. Um, I've been a season ticket holder for about five or six years now. But yeah, lifelong City fan. But yes, strangely, never really grew up in the city. That's, uh, we're, we're glad that you are one of us. Anyway, you, you're heading to the game next week as well to the Foyles <laughs> For my sins, yes. And um, yeah. I, I won't lie, I'm, I'm probably feeling like all you guys. Well, I don't know. I, I think there probably weirdly are some people looking forward to it just by the pure nature of the fact that it's it's Nottingham Forest and we haven't played them at home in the Premier League. Is it is it ever or, or certainly 20, no, 23 years last time? Yeah. Um, so the thing with me is, is, is being at TalkSport, I, if people aren't familiar with my voice, it's because I'm basically up in the middle of the night. So I have to get up at three o'clock every morning. I'm on at 5am in the mornings. So for me, midweek games are pretty much a, a non-starter for me. So obviously I go every weekend, but, but anything midweek is, is pretty difficult. But with this being Nottingham Forest, as soon as the fixtures are released, I thought, right, I'll put myself Tuesday off work and I'll, I'll head back home for, for the game, um, go to it and, and head back to, to London on the Tuesday. But I shan't lie, there is part of me thinking maybe I should have just kept that extra day's holiday and <laughs> just watched it from home. Uh, but I am going, but yeah, I'm absolutely dreading it. Yeah, well, hopefully by the time we finish tonight, we're all giving each other a little bit of confidence as we... Uh, as we you won't get that, that from me. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you do your own podcast now as well. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so this is a new thing for us. Um, it's called the Big Strong Leicester Boys podcast. We've only done a few of them. Um, bit of fun. Well, it's supposed to be anyway, but it's, it's quite hard at the moment making fun of, of the actual situation itself. Uh, but yeah, it's myself, uh, Jack Holmes and, and Jordan Holford. Um, we're on Spotify and Amazon pretty easy to find big strong Leicester boys and uh, once we have some kind of game to either talk about or some managerial movement um, we're in a, a mini hiatus already which probably didn't expect three weeks in but yeah if you wouldn't mind um, having a little listen of that at some point hopefully you, you may find some enjoyment or some comfort in it somewhere. We've all got to stick together at times like these haven't mm. we I think you, you're right in what you say there we're probably all expecting that we'd have to record a, an episode uh, in the meantime of between between the Tottenham game and now to announce the the manager potentially going, Steve, how surprised are you that we're still sat here today with Brendan Rodgers still in charge of Leicester? A little, and more concerned. I think, like, what does this mean? Are we really um, that much up shit creek that we can't afford to get rid of him, or has he earned enough credit in the bank with the owners just to give him another? few games because international break tends to be a good time to change your manager give them yeah. a chance to work with some of the squad um, and so I don't expect it to happen anytime soon now uh, as you know I was a Rogers in guy right up until a few weeks ago and um, you know I think he's uh, the, the players are obviously shot of confidence he's shown me nothing that that he's got the ability to turn that around in fact he's exacerbated that by saying the squad's not up to it he needs to refresh the squad leaving people out of the squad um, making it clear they're not wanted um, I don't know how he turns this around so I don't know what's going on with top and the board thinking that he can to be honest it's like unprecedented times really for us, isn't it, at this stage in terms of poor performance before whatever we've gone through 
really the highs and the, the lows. When it has hit with the lows, we, we have replaced, haven't we, previously? Yeah. Um, no one's gone six games losing each one and kept the job. I think five is the, is the norm for the board to lose their patience. And it worries me that that's um, the financial strain that we're under and paying Rogers off on his big contract uh, or not having anyone that they think is ideal to take his place bit of both um or maybe he has earned that extra bit of credit but i've just in the last two or three games as you know mark and the listeners will know i've just become a little bit dispirited i don't see anything in roger's demeanor behavior what he says to suggest that he can turn it around it was really surprising tom wasn't it after the 6-2 capitulation against spurs and if that game had gone on for another 10 15 minutes would have been talking double figures i think son would have had seven in the bank by then quite possibly yeah so it's it's a surprise isn't it but how how are you feeling about the whole thing uh, i feel completely run down by it all to be honest i mean it's been all throughout the media and you know journalists and players alike you know pundits are all beyond shocked that he's that he's still at the club, and and we're all pointing at this this contract. Um, I don't think there's there's been another manager anywhere that's that's hung on this this long with such bad results. And uh, yeah, it's 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 leaving us in a really worrying position, to be honest. Because if we're not in a position to pull the trigger the day after that that Spurs match, it 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 tells me we're not all season. It's, uh, it's one of those where we, we do say about it being a perfect time. Two weeks uh, with a fresh manager. You've seen the way that Watford today, Jake, have replaced their manager like they do every three weeks or whatever they do at Watford. Mm. But they've replaced them and bought Slavon Bilic on the same day. We were all half expecting that. What does this say to you now at Leicester? I mean, I'm going to presume you have to have some impartiality, but you, you can break that for us if you, you want. Where, where do you stand on Brendan Rodgers at the moment? Yeah, no, I don't need to be impartial. Um, I, You're not BBC, I, are you? No. Um, I was Rodgers in until, I think, probably Southampton. And, and it was at that point where I thought, right, you know, it, it's time to make a change. You know, I've, I have been quite... Um, I really have tried to stress on a number of occasions when, when I do talk, particularly in media, because I do think it is important to to add context and add some balance that, you know, Brendan Rodgers is a, a good manager, you know, and the reality is, is that, that good managers do get sacked. It happens to all of them. I remember actually it was a Nigel Pearson quote many years ago. And if you remember when he, he left us to go to Hull and we were a little bit baffled at the time when he said, well, you know, the life of a manager is, is very simple. You either get sacked or you move. And and that's the reality, isn't it? That that Brendan missed the opportunity to, to move and now he's going to get sacked and, and that's how football works. I mean, I, I ultimately and honestly and truly am absolutely baffled that he, that he is still here and I'm incredibly concerned that he is as well. You know, again, in, in part of my role in my line of work, you know, I have to, to plan shows and, and book guests and, you know, I've, I've prepared on a number of occasions guests to come on to talk about Brendan Rodgers losing his job and then I found myself in a situation where that's not then happened. So, you know, I'm confused. Um, and I've spoken to, to numerous people after the defeats against Brighton and then Spurs and, and was told on, on fairly decent authority that that was probably going to be it. And then it, it didn't happen. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm probably then in the same situation as the rest of you, just confused as into to why. And um, again, I had a conversation today with someone about maybe why and 
I, I'm not sure if there's actually been a conversation had between Brendan Rodgers and, and top this season. And I can't help but feel if that is the case, then that's probably a reason why he's still employed because they probably had a conversation during the summer, didn't they, about expectations, budgets and, and everything that we were then told. Um, and I just wonder since then if they'd had a conversation because I'm sure if they had an open, honest and, and frank conversation, Top would be able to see that, that Brendan's heart probably isn't in it. And he'd probably recognise that there's a, a need for a change. And if that change is going to happen, then then this one is is screaming us all in the face of that two-week break and you know a run of five favourable fixtures. So um, the fact that that hasn't happened is is incredibly concerning. And I absolutely am now fearing the worst. You look at those fixtures as well, and we'll come on to that as, as we go through. And they are so winnable, like you say. Steve, is there a chance that Brendan Rodgers can turn this round by, by just sort of staying it out? Because it'd be an absolute turnaround wouldn't it be almost a miracle really well it would I mean uh, you have to say apart from defensively for 70 minutes we played well at Spurs defensively we were a shambles Um, once the third goal went in we still played well Um, uh, but once the fourth went in we took risks and then got caught on the break and looked like well completely shell shocked and devoid of confidence so you never know if uh, if somebody scores an own goal for for us and uh, one goes in off uh, Ian Acher's backside or something and they hit the bar and have one disallowed for a marginal offside or whatever, we could hang on and, and that confidence could start to grow again. Um, but if we don't get a serious haul of points from these next few games, it's going to be difficult for any ma- manager to turn it around. You, That's you the problem. You look at it and think if uh, if if that did happen, and I'm talking, you know, bit of a, a bit of fancy land at the minute. But if it did happen and we did turn it around, Tom, top and the board would be looked at like they've made a, a real great decision there. But at the moment, it feels like they're a little bit detached, isn't it? What's your thoughts on the the ownership of the club at the moment? Are we in a situation where we're questioning that for the first time? It's a tricky one. Um, I think. <laughs> Obviously, we've we've been through a few times where people have questioned managers and and players at the club. Um, not not so much the management there, um, like the top end. But uh, I don't know. I think I think people are still on side. It's just we're we're all incredibly worried and, and as as Jake said, confused. Really, um, you know, no one's came out and told us what the situation is really, or, or commented on it up there. So. It doesn't sort of normally end well, does it? One point after seven games, Jay. You know, guys that <laughs> no. have done that. Um, it, it's normally a good indication for how the season's going to going to go. It, looking ahead to Monday night, in terms of the context of the fixture, is it one of the biggest games that we've had for for years now at KP? Yeah, <laughs> it probably is, isn't it? And but we're not up for it, are we? That's the problem, isn't it? Uh, yeah, and, and that's the thing. I, I I hate to say this, but at the moment, I'm going into every game of football where I can't see a scenario where Leicester win it. And it's, of course, really you know, important to point out as well that, that Nottingham Forest, in terms of where they're at in the league as well, it's it's I wouldn't say it's a similar situation, but obviously they're a similar place in, in the league table. You know, it, it's less surprising that they're there because they're, they're a newly promoted side. You know, this team is at the very least, a, a mid-table football team. But it's not won a game so far this season and has conceded a record number of goals after seven games. You know, four against Arsenal, five against Brighton, six against Spurs, 
two against Southampton, two against Brentford, and two against a Chelsea side who had 10 men for more than two thirds of the game. It's actually embarrassing. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there were, there were periods last season where it got to the point that the only way that we would win a game of football if we scored two or three goals. Unfortunately, we, we did that on a number of occasions and we're still doing that now. We're still scoring probably two goals a game or, or not far off it. But defensively, we've got even worse than, than where we were at last season. And, you know, I'll probably get pelters for this, guys, but I have spoken about this already. I went to the Spurs game and I left after about 25 minutes, half an hour. Um, after the first two goals, I just looked at my mates and I said, are we honestly going to sit through another 90 minutes where I'm just going to see us concede the exact same goal over and yeah. over again. And the first goal was, you know, Perisic just crossing the ball, nobody making any real desire to, to close him down. The ball pretty much at shoulder height in the six-yard box for Harry Kane to nod in. Nobody challenges the ball. Danny Ward doesn't even come off his line at all. The second goal is, is Castagna not really battling to, to retain the ball and gives away a, a cheap corner. And then, you know, the rest is history. They score from the corner. I'm just sat there thinking, really? Are we, are we really still this bad? As, as nobody addressed, there, yeah, as nobody going to address any of these issues, you know, how can we still be so bad, you know, week after week, same scenario after same scenario? And, you know, I know we now have got a set piece coach in, but, you know, the defensive coach being, being Colo Torre, is, is anybody really questioning him publicly? You know, I just, I don't see how this team has got so bad and how Brendan Rodgers is still in, in situ and, and more people aren't questioning why, you know, he is responsible ultimately for all of that. Um, so yeah, just going back to Forest, I just can't see a scenario where we win that game of football at the moment because I just think the whole place is is slightly toxic, and I think the the mood p- between the players and among the players is is a p- pretty miserable one. Yeah, I, th- I think you're absolutely right. I think uh, you know you you look at that and the goals that we concede, it, it does. I've said just there, it feels like Groundhog Day. It's the same thing, and there's not really any surprise really when. It happens anymore, is there? You know, we we score a goal and take the lead, and you you're waiting for that equaliser to to come, and invariably, Tommy, it it did, and, and came again another five times on top of that against uh, against Spurs. <laughs> is it as simple as a new manager turning up and these things get fixed? We, is it just a fresh start that the players need? Is it a bit of new direction? Uh, how, how do they fix these things? Because you're not talking about something that's happened overnight now. Are you talking about a good almost two years worth of yeah. bad habits to unpick? Yeah, it's a tough one, really. Um, I mean, you might well change your manager and suddenly get a result, but I, I can't see that being consistent, to be honest. Um, you know, our, our defensive problems, they've, they've been there for the best part of a year or so. Um and if anything, they they they're getting worse, aren't they? So so yeah, it's it's uh, very concerning, really, um, because the the parts that we've got left in our squad, I, I just don't know if they if they gel well together enough to to turn that around in that kind of way. And do you recognise the thought process that Jake would go through at half an hour at Spurs? And go, <laughs> this is that enough? Because you know, from the outside, that that sounds a bit. It's, it sounds a bit harsh, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. But, I, I did. I did try and get back in again after Madison equalised, but they wouldn't let me back in. <laughs> <laughs> but we understand that pain, don't we? Because we've sat there and been through that so many times. Yeah. It, it's getting hard to watch, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think I think we are quite committed to the pain when we're there, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I can't imagine anything worse than us going one or two down uh, on Monday. Um, on the flip side of that, 
you'll celebrate like you never have before if we if we go up. So it's, I mean, it's beyond a derby now, isn't it? It's it's critical really for both teams. It's the two worst teams in the league, Steve, isn't it? Let's be really honest about it in terms of not just with the league table, but performances. Forest have thrown away victories and really sort of done a bit of a Leicester at different points. And we're obviously where we are. So it could be a bit of a war of attrition, couldn't it? It could be. I mean, you, uh, probably no one wants to score first, do they? Because that's been the death knell <laughs> for both teams. <laughs> go on, you go, you score one, and then we'll we'll hit back. Um, yeah, Forest have thrown away a few two nil leads. Um, I mean that that we've thrown away a lead almost instantaneously, haven't we, in the last two games? So I don't know whether it'd be better if we held on for a while. But we don't look capable, as as Jake says. We just don't look capable. Um, I, yeah, it worries me. We've got it's a game we've got to win, I think. Um, but at the moment, it's difficult to think of a scenario where that would happen because Forest, although they played some good football, they don't seem completely devoid of confidence like our lot. I mean, no one can do the basics in our team anymore, apart from Madison, probably. And you know, Dakar and Ian Acho haven't looked too bad, but I mean. Indeed, he's been awful. Um, Johnny Evans has been nowhere near the standard he was at before. Um, the new signing doesn't look too bad in, well, fast or whatever you call him, but how long is it going to take for his confidence to hit rock bottom amongst that squad? Yeah. It's uh, it's one of those, isn't it? We considered six goals. I actually thought about fast did, did okay, Jake, against... Uh, against Spurs, which for a centre-back conceding six on your debut, you'd probably say that was horrendous, but I thought he was probably the best of the bat line and probably yeah. in the field as well. So, you know, the old adage, you buy cheap, you buy twice, is mm. one that I think we've suffered with in the past, but he looked to be a half-decent fit. Yeah, well, I say I'm, I'm probably not the best person to ask on that debut. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, you know, I, I'm still trying to kind of get past the fact that he's some kind of mix between David Luiz and and Cags, basically, in terms of the way he looks and when he plays. And he does look like a bit of a maverick in terms of the way that he does defend, for sure. Um, you know, and, and, and the limited, what I saw of him beforehand and what I've heard about him, you know, and the price that we've got him for, you know, it, it would indicate that it's probably a, a smart bit of business. But but as you rightly point out, you know, if, if you're a defender or maybe if you're a young kid, it's not really the team you want to be thrown into at the moment, is it, in terms of a, a defensive one? You want to move into a winning team and and, and sit alongside Johnny Evans and have Wilfred Ndidi is, is best protecting you, you know, as you, as you find your feet in the Premier League. You know, coming into a team which is, is shipping goals for fun isn't going to show anybody up in, in the best of lights. But um, it, it would appear, in terms of the defensive players that we've got, that clearly, you know, Cags isn't going to play on Monday. You know, Vestergaard is highly unlikely to be in the squad and... And, and Danny Lamarcy has, has just been a, a stopgap as, as such. So, so Val will play again, I'm sure, on on Monday, and you know, give him a few games, and we'll have a better idea of of what he is and, and where he's at. But you know, him and, and Johnny need to stay fit and, and form some kind of understanding pretty quickly, aren't they? Um, yeah. Because we need to stop conceding goals first and foremost. That's the thing that we need to do first of all. Do you think Sue and Choose finish now at Leicester? Do you think this because he, he goes away on international duty, <laughs> captain's Turkey? Um, so the, the the national setup clearly favour him and think he's a he's a good defender. But we, we've conceded twenty two goals in seven games, and he's not even had a sniff. Yeah, um, 
this one is a, a baffling one, isn't it? Now, I know that about 18 months ago, he changed his agent. Um, and this was off the back of him having the incredibly good season. And then the following season, he changed an agent. And I think that there was, again, I must stress this is, this is speculation from this point. We love speculation. Carry yeah, on. no, no. For a fact, he changed agent. But then from that point, um, there was then links with him to, to moves like Real Madrid and, and this, that and the other. And I just wonder um, if the club just really didn't like that. And then obviously the contract negotiations from that point have always stalled. He's then never signed a new contract. Um, his best mate, Cheng, is under signed for the club. And, and again, I don't think that, that Cags was particularly happy of the way that, that his mate was treated at the football club as, as well. And I just think that there's been some, some bridges burnt there, whether it's the agent with the club, whether it's Cags being upset with the way that his mate's been treated or whether he's just been frustrated the fact that he then didn't get a move, you know, after that really good season. But we just don't know. There's clearly a breakdown of relationship between him and, and Brendan Rodgers. And as you point out, you know, if we conceded this many goals and he's still not getting in the team, clearly he's not going to play unless he's he's absolutely desperate to, to have some kind of defender there. But, I mean, the overriding feeling for me is just what a massive shame it is because, mm-hmm. you know, take your mind back to that year when he was in the PFA team of the year. He was alongside Virgil van Dijk um, in that team. <clears throat> And honestly and truly, with the age that he was and, and the season that he had, you know, he had that pace, that aggression. He was a cult hero instantly. I wouldn't have swapped him for anyone in the Premier League other than Virgil van Dijk. You know, so to now find ourselves in this situation, what, two and a half years on, um, it's a crying shame because we, we've ultimately, we, we've lost an outstanding defender who is going to go on a free transfer at the end of the season. Yeah, and he's going to go to Atletico Madrid as well, you know, which is always, you know, highlights how good of a player is, you know, when, when you're criticising a player. You know, whether it's a Paul Pogba or something like that, you know, when, when they're in a poor team, it's like, well, just have a look at where this player's going to go. If that player's going to leave your football club and go to a better one, then clearly he's been mismanaged at the club he's at, at the moment. And, and that's what's happened with Cags. Yeah, he's not the issue, is he? That's what we're no. saying there, is, is that there's a bigger issue than him. Um, Tom, would you like to see him given, a, given some some game time? I know that's probably quite a loaded question because if you are where we are, then, you know, you try anyone. Even Vestergaard at this stage, you, <laughs> there, you can't surely be any worse. Pretty on, huh? <laughs> Vestergaard's a stretch. Um, <laughs> Vestergaard and Evans together would be a big stretch. They'd have no pace then. Oh, yeah. Dear. It'd be like table football, wouldn't it? But yeah, yeah, it's it is gutting um to see the downfall of CAGs, if you like. Um I mean, why why on earth we've been playing Indeedy at centre back when it's just not worked out for us? And you know, Amartis had moments where he's shined and then he's been awful. Um, he's a though, isn't he? Like Jake's just said, that that's the level that he was always going to be at. Yeah. Yeah, whereas, you know, when Kanks came in and had that first season, he looked phenomenal. And we were thinking, right, he's going to kick on and possibly get better. Um, you know, a bit of a loose cannon. But this this uh, face guy, he looks... He seems to sort of play in a similar way from what we saw the other day. Um, You've just suddenly but... turned into Paul Merson then with this face guy. <laughs> this face <laughs> guy. <laughs> Trying to say his name properly. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, man. <laughs> <laughs> sorry to me. Yeah, I'd, I'd take any bloody centre back at the minute. It's it's getting quite quite frustrating. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to come on to the goalkeeping situation in a minute, which I think is is right to discuss. But Jake, on the show, we play a bit of a quiz um, mm, okay. called Last Man Standing. So I'm going to ask a quiz question. We'll go around. 
when you run out of answers or get an incorrect answer, you're out. And the last one standing is the, right. the winner. Okay. So because we're talking about goalkeepers after uh, this, this part of the show, what I want to do is I want to run back through the history of Leicester City goalkeepers in terms of this century. If you yeah. can name a goalkeeper that's played for Leicester City, you can stay in the game. All right, brilliant. It's quite, quite a wide... Yeah, um, quite quite a wide appeal for this one, really. But it's amazing how you can forget some of these names quite quickly. I'm going to go real rogue. Yeah, I'm going to start with the first <laughs> if that's all right. Okay, uh, Danny Coyne. Danny Coyne is just in there because I think he was the turn of the century. Yeah, it was his birthday. I think yesterday it was 2002, 2004, around that time. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He only played four four games. Yeah, and uh, it was dreadful. <laughs> Two clean sheets, though. Yeah. Remember those. <laughs> Tom, you, you're next. Yeah, I'm going to go Casper Schmeichel. <laughs> played a few games. Didn't <laughs> <laughs> he took the low hanging fruit. Steve, uh, Peter Shilton. This century, Steve. Yeah. Oh, this century. Sorry, <laughs> I was forgetting. Yeah, I'm going to was... give you another chance. Uh, oh, he's out. <laughs> he won't get money. It's fine. Um, I was going back it well into the last century. I was thinking of people uh, like like little Paul Cooper. It was a great penalty uh, saver. Uh, oh, blimey! Um, I would say um, Ian Walker. Ian Walker. Ian Walker is there. Yeah, that's that's absolutely fine. From two thousand and one, uh, famously punched Aston Villa uh, fan versus Aston Villa. Mm, he did that five 0 defeat. I feel like we're we're in that sort of territory at the minute. Where yes. that, that could easily happen again. Well, no, because it was Forest like last time this happened, wasn't it? Let's yeah, not forget. Yeah, so it, let, yeah. let let's not do that again, please. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. Yes. We don't, we don't advocate that. No. Uh, back to you, uh, Paul Henderson. Yes, absolutely. 2005, 2006, he started 15 games. In fact, he played for about three or four seasons, didn't he? He just yes, kept right. yeah. game here and there. Mm. Tom? Danny Ward. Danny Ward. Danny, Danny <laughs> Ward. <laughs> we'll move on swiftly. Steve? <laughs> Everson made his debut this year. He's not played in the league. Oh, it was the no. league was. Yeah. Oh, I'm not listening very well tonight, am I? No, you're not. Did I say league? I'm not, I'm not I sure. Yeah. You might have, I don't know. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you stay in again. Because you're my brother-in-law, I'm letting you off. <laughs> okay, back around to you for the obscure ones. Ricardo. Ricardo, yes. Played oh. eight games in 2010-2011. That was horrible Who didn't time. A game at Pride Park where we beat Derby 2-0 and Yukubu scored yeah. worldy in that he game. He did. I think Andy King got the other. Andy King did get the other, yeah. Mm. Tom? I don't know if he's played in the league, but Jakupovic. Yeah, he has. He played in the league in the season where we nearly got... No, we didn't. 2017-2018, he played two games in the league. Did he? Yeah. He was third choice that season as well. We've not got the second choice yet. Steve? Um, I'm struggling now. I'm thinking there's a really... Oh, uh, oh yes. What's his name? Australian. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> um, that's not his name. It's not, it's not just the Aussie I just said. What's Hen- the Aussie? Hen- Henderson's no. Aussie. No, no. Henderson. So there is no. I was talking about the guy that won the league with Chelsea. 
yes. But I can't think of his name. name. Sorry? He's got a great first name. He has. Mark. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, there yeah. you go. God, it's like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get absolutely called out on this for helping you out. Go on, Jake, back to you. Um, so there's plenty from the Championship League One era, isn't there? You can yeah, take your is. pick. Uh, Chris Wheel. Chris Wheel, yeah, absolutely. 2009. I liked Chris. So did, he was good, wasn't he? But yeah. then the last ever game he played was that game where... And then Sven didn't Michael fancy him. sent off uh, mm. Forrest, and it all, went, it all went tits up in the last mm. minute. Yeah, no, I think his head went when basically when Sven came in, he just didn't fancy Chris Wheel, brought Ricardo in, and then he just never, never yeah. regained his place. But he was, he was a very solid keeper for us for a while. I liked him. He was. He nearly took us up to the Premier League, of course, back mm. in those days. Yeah. With Tom. Come again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the year, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, I don't know if this fellow's played, but it's uh, Ron Robert. He certainly so, did, yeah. my friend. Did he? <laughs> played nine games in 16 17. Ron Bob. Yeah. So Schmeichel got injured early on in that season, a uh, season that we won the, the league and Zeela played a few games there. Steve? Um, I think we had him on loan for a while, but it might have been before this. Is it Ben Anik? Al- Anik? Al- yeah, whatever his name. How do you yeah, pronounce it? Ben, I'll, I'll, yeah, Ben. Anik. Yeah, yeah. Eight games. It is Anik, I think, even though <laughs> it's not spelled that way. It's Alan Wick. Alan Wick, yeah. yeah. Anik. Jake, back round to you. Right, I'm being unnecessarily risky here because I know he was on loan and only played a couple of games and worried he might not have played a league game. But I'm saying Mark Bunn. Played three games. Get in. Yeah, well done. Great show. <laughs> I'd love to say the guy down the road uh, that lives down the road from me's place, but... Here we go. He's I can't got... remember his name. <laughs> <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't play this century anyway. So I'm talking about... Of course, the hot dog kid Russell Holt, who lives three doors. Oh <laughs> yes, there's a there's a bit of a you, you must be a similar vintage to us, I reckon, Jake. Well, how, how old are you? Yeah. Uh, Thirty three. Well, we're a bit older than you. We've got a few. Yeah, years. You, you you say us, Mark, but yeah, well, um... yeah. Not, not all of you. <laughs> Tom, you're you, you're a goner. Goner, Steve. Well, I think this was pre, uh, but I'll go with it anyway. So I can't think of anyone else. Kevin Paul. Yeah, that was pre. That was in the 90s. 96-97 was the last year that Kevin Paul played. Right. Which was just in the O'Neill. So, Jake, as the guest, you are the winner. You got any more? Oh, yeah, I've got loads. I mean, oh, I was going to okay. bring up the absolute yeah. legend. was Conrad Logan up next. Conrad Logan, oh. yeah. I loved Conrad. What a cult yeah. hero he was. I just always brings back memories of him and Chris Powell in the penalty, wasn't it? Just as the last thing um, of the warm-up, when they just do a penalty. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, Conrad Logan and Chris Powell for that one. Um yeah, you know, but I could have gone on for a little bit longer. But yeah, good fun. I'll, I'll give you a bit of a uh, rundown of this. We had Simon Royce, Tim Flowers. I, I had Simon Royce in my head, yeah. Oh, I had Tim Flowers in my head, but I thought that was pre. No, Lars Hirschfeld. Yes. Canadian goalkeeper. Yeah, he, he's pretty much the pointless answer on the list if we were playing. Ah, oh, could have um, done that one. St- Stuart Taylor. Yeah. This is one that I'll never forget. Kevin Pressman. Yeah. Of course, oh, yeah. Preston, Preston with a goal kick. Yeah, yeah, and it was a goal kick that was taken. And because he couldn't get off the ground because he was too heavy. <laughs> yes. He just over his head. And then, and, uh, Rab Douglas. Yes, oh, big, big Rab. Rab. Big Rab. Uh, Martin Fullop, who suddenly yeah. passed away. Uh, yeah. Carl Pentney played one game in 2014. Yeah. Uh, Mark Bunyan, you mentioned Tony Warner. This was the League One year. Where- David Stockdale. David Stockdale, David Martin, mm. uh, Chris Wheel, you mentioned. 
Ricardo we mentioned. Ben Hamer uh, was one that we did. David Martin. Oh. Do you remember League One? David Martin. Yeah, that's it. Mm. Yeah. He yeah. played 25 games of our League One season. Mm. David Stockdale played eight. So we used six goalkeepers that season. Wow. That'd be a good quiz question if everyone can get all them. Yeah, mm. that would be. Yeah. I'll put that out there. Before I don't think even I can do that. Before we, tonight, after we finish, I'll put that out there and we'll see if we can get some uh, absolute stato to come up with all of them because I'm going to struggle. But well, well done, Jake. Fa- fantastic uh, victory. Thank you. The, uh, <laughs> yeah, quite a date. comfortable victory, Jake. Yeah, he was never in doubt, if I'm honest. No. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> Let's talk about Danny Ward. It's, it's really difficult, isn't it? Because, you know, we've conceded a lot of goals. He's taking stick left, right and centre. Steve, is he the right man to have between the sticks at the moment? You'd have to say no, wouldn't you? I don't think <laughs> it's as bad as the fans have made it in many cases. Like, he gets blamed for everything when they hit a rocket past him or whatever from 30 yards. Oh, Schmeichel would have saved that. Well, Schmeichel ended up getting dropped, didn't he, by Nice? So, um uh, yeah, I mean, he doesn't. The, the only issue I have, we can put Everson in and see how he does, right? But has he got the ability to come into a confidence shattered back four or back five and and order them around like Schmeichel did? So Schmeichel gave us a lot of leadership. We might have said he was a great shot stopper and not good at commanding his penalty area, but he did organise a lot and talk a lot. You, in fact, when when there was no crowd there, all you could hear is Michael um, shouting away at people or the referee or his own players. So I don't see that from Ward, Danny Ward. And um, um, I think he's probably coming for overly harsh punishment. Um, he but doesn't save many shots though, Steve. He doesn't. He saves less really <laughs> Yeah, but I mean... There are a few that I would have said maybe he could have done better on, but a lot of them, you know, I'm not sure Schmeichel would have saved them. So, yeah, I, I think it's time to give Everson a go. It's whether he's got the the maturity to to actually start organising things from from that position of, of only having one game for us in the League Cup before, and we're in this terrible run. So, But, yeah, it's got to be worth changing it now, I think. Is Forrest the right game for that, Jake? Is it for for giving the Everson that chance and having a real good go at it? Because I'm, I'm I'm very aware that push, push his confidence quite quickly as well. Yeah, I mean, it's easy sat here, isn't it, and and not being the manager and not being a player and, and saying yes, it, it 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 is right. I mean, I don't think it will happen. I think Danny Ward is is almost certain to start that game. I think it would be unfair to throw Everson in in for that game, but you know. <laughs> I am conflicted with the whole situation. I think a, a, a few things really. I mean, hindsight's a beautiful thing. And I think in hindsight that the Everson should have started. And and the the case for that being is that last year he was he was absolutely brilliant for for Preston, did the, the clean sweep of of all their awards. And you know, you can draw similarities with with Dewsbury Hall, you know, when he did similar at Luton, you know, when someone is playing so well and they played so consistently you know, you, you you kind of want to keep that going. And and I think that in, in hindsight, they should have done that with, with Daniel Everson. I think the problem was that actually he didn't convince in, in pre-season. I watched quite a few of the games and he yeah, didn't, right. he, I think he dropped, what well, I think it was the first game against Notts County, wasn't Notts it? County yeah, dropped yeah. across and, and didn't look hugely comfortable with his feet. And I, I just wonder, I just wonder if actually he, he damaged his own chances with those performances in pre-season, which is why then Danny Ward got the nod. But then, but by the same token, you know, Danny Ward has been here a long, long time and he's been a number two 
for a long, long time at both Liverpool and at Leicester. He's, he's played for Wales and, you know, he's on a very, very big contract and you don't get given those contracts unless people think you're, you're a top-class goalkeeper. And, you know, if he was ever going to get the chance to be number one, it was it was this season. So I think ultimately he deserved to start the season as number one. But I have to say, I don't think he's good enough. Um, I really don't. I, I, yeah, I, I don't think he's up to the level required. And, and I think in hindsight, we, we shouldn't have let Casper go this summer. And I think in hindsight that, that Daniel should have, should have started. But, you know, as I said, you know, hindsight's a wonderful thing. And, and now, we're, now we've started with him. I think we've kind of got to keep him for the foreseeable. It fits back to that narrative, doesn't it, Tom, that we were talking about in terms of the, the cash flow situation. And, you know, has Michael gone purely because of his wages and um, haven't replaced him because we think we've got, well, in, in defence of Danny Ward, Brendan Rodgers said two number one goalkeepers at, at the club. And he said that for a while. Um, mm. But but it, is this all because we've gone down this sort of cost-cutting way, uh, this cost-cutting route, and it's it's ended up with us now having a goalkeeper that's not, in my opinion, and you can call me out if I'm wrong, Premier League quality? Uh, it's, he's not Premier League quality, to be perfectly honest. I, I don't think he'd make it in, in any club in the Premier League, um, which sounds quite harsh, but... Um, but the problem was, you know, the summer transfer window, um, we left it so bloody late to get rid of Schmeichel. He should have been going at the start of that, um, you know, if he was gonna if he was gonna go. At yep. which point we've got the time there to see to see what we're left with, see what people are capable of and 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 get a top class keeper if if that's what we need. I mean, there were there were plenty of keepers that we could have gone for if we'd have had the time. Nick Pope was one you'd look at for 10 million quid. It's a real yeah. sort of bargain. I know he's probably on a real good wage at Newcastle now, but that sort of ilk of player was available, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, there's plenty of them knocking about. So yeah, we've we've got into a real situation now. And as you say, it's a it's a massive game on Monday now. Um to bring to bring Everson in. Um and yeah, I think we will stick with with Ward for the next one. Um I mean, it might well be that, you know, the, the the few, say, four games after that look a bit cushier. You could you could bring in Everson. No game um, cushier at the minute, mate. <laughs> yeah. But the, the, I don't know. The biggest problem is we've got a keeper that's not up to it and, and four defenders that aren't in front of him. Well, at least four defenders because the revenue seems <laughs> to change. It seems to be the same thing as well. How do we get Steve out of this, this mindset now? How do we pull ourselves... Me, Tom, and Jake, when we head to the game on on Monday, and get ourselves into a place where we're best suited to support the boys, give us some words of encouragement. Well, the uh, yeah, just before we move off Everson and Ward, the only thing is, if you put Everson in and he doesn't have a great game, then people should get off Ward's back, right? Because nothing's going to happen till January. Mm. Uh, and and I, I would say that the only way you can be positive is is to be hopeful. And um, I don't know if anything's going to happen soon on Rogers. Now it hasn't. I'm not sure that we lose to Forest. He's going to go um, because I can't see, uh, as Jake said, I can't see any common sense or any logic in in the decision that's happening. So we've just got to hope that we we get a confidence boosting result and we can move on from that because. Um, uh, and that Rogers has got to make his mind up whether he wants to stay at the club or or get sacked, um, and whether he's up for the fight. He's never been in this kind of 
trouble. Doesn't sound up for the fight, does he? Sounds defeated. He doesn't. Yeah, he does. Um, he sounds like, well, give me my money and I'll move on. But um, it's a wonder he didn't have a bit more pride than that. But there you go. Um, yeah, so we've got to get behind the lads, I think, and hope we get a lucky break and and uh, manage to get manage to beat Florist somehow and, and then build on that. That's all we've got is a, a little bit of hope that it turns around more by accident than planned. Just that first step, isn't it? That first victory, that first bit of luck going in our favour. That's what we're, we're after, really, for Monday yeah. night. But I'd like to sort of take the opportunity to call any call on all Leicester fans really to really get behind the lads on Monday because I think we are we can be that 12th one we don't want to give them any encouragement when they come to us because no. there'll be people around that will say this isn't a derby it's not it's they're not our rivals mainly Forest fans because you know they don't care about us FC and all that um but but this is this is a huge game and I think we've got our own part to play in that and I think as much as we can do, we've got to lift everyone's confidence and spirit while we're there as well, Tom. So I'll be I'll be clapping and singing along in the car. Are you with me? Yeah, too right I am. <laughs> Good. That was my little Chichilian bit there. Um, that's all I've got on that, to be fair. But what about yourself, Jake? Where do you sit in the ground? What what will it be like where you are? Yeah, so I can never remember what bloody um stand it is. So I'm I'm just below the TV box in the far corner underneath Indeedy and um Ian Acho's box. The box uh, yeah. Yeah. So I can never remember which box the it actually east, is. East stand or what no west stand. So I'm to the right of, of the managers um in the top corner. Yeah. If anyone knows what block that is, it's really bad. I don't know what block that is. I just walk to the same turnstile and go to the same seat every time. I've never <laughs> bothered to know which one it actually is because it's not the cop and it's not the West stand. It's just, the, it's that corner over there, but that's where I'm at. And um, as far as like the mood goes around the stage, I have to say it's, it is, it's hard because of course it goes about saying you want to get behind the team. You know, it goes about saying you want to, to act as some kind of 12th man and, and help the team out. But at the same time, at the moment, you know, fans are that they go off the performances and they can only really react to a certain degree anyway of, of what the players are giving. And you know, my my, my biggest criticism of, of the team all season is that there's never really been any kind of real fight, desire, commitment, and um, real belief that they can go out there and, and and do anything. I've just not seen that at any point, you know. And if if they are throwing themselves around, and you know, if Dewsbury Hall and and Vardy are, are giving them hell, then, then the fans will react to that. But if they go out there and, you know, are a little bit timid, start slow, you know, Forrest get an early chance, then, you know, let's just be, you know, real here. The, the atmosphere is going to be really quite strange. It's on a knife edge, isn't it? It, it? it really is, you know. So, you know, if we don't start quick and there's every possibility and likelihood that we don't, you know, it's it's going to be a very kind of... <laughs> It's going to be a long evening. It really is. Now, that's not saying we're going to lose the game of football, but as far as the, the, the fan perspective and the mood in the stadium, you know, I really can't work out exactly what it's going to be. I don't think any of us or many of us would have experienced something similar in a, in a long, long time. Let's hope mm. we don't have to experience anything similar to it again. But mm. would you say right now we're in a relegation battle this season? I know the bottom of the league, it's only seven games in. Can you see any way that we're not going to be in a relegation battle this season, Joe? That's probably the better way to phrase it. If Brendan Rodgers remains in charge, we are bang in trouble. Yeah. If we'd made that change last week, then I would have been confident that off the back of those next five games, of a new manager bounce, we probably would have won three out of those five at least and would have taken us out those bottom three and we, we'd look up. 
But at the moment, you know, in, in the current situation, the current mood, the current management, I cannot see us winning any or many of those next five games. And we're not going to get a better run of five fixtures off the back of a two-week break this season. So if we come out the end of those five games without at least two wins, then we have to be realistic that we are going to be in a relegation battle because, again, not only our league position, but also the fact that come January, you know, most clubs, if you're down there, can buy themselves out of trouble or certainly, you know, attempt to do that. Leicester are not going to be able to do that. The only thing that we can do as a football club to, to stop this downfall is to change the manager. And at the moment, the ownership is being too loyal and it's being naive in terms of the situation that it finds itself right in. So, you know, in short, if they keep Rodgers, yes, we are in a huge amount of trouble. We really are. I just can't see any other option that out there at the moment to, than them keeping him. I'd, I'd, be, I'd be genuinely surprised now if we lost on Monday and he got sacked after that. I'd be really, really surprised. Uh, and that we shouldn't be in that situation, really, should we? It's it's a bit bit of a bizarre one. I remember at the very beginning of the season, I think we'd lost the first game. We drew the first game. Well, it might have been two games in, and Ian Stringer tweeted. Yeah, I knew you were going to say 17th. that. Yeah, yeah and he got 17th. pelters, didn't he? He got absolutely pelted for it. Mm. If I offered you now 17th, would you take it? If it means I don't have to watch the rest of the season, and we can, <laughs> then we can just write, write this off as like a year which didn't happen. Yeah, you know, I'll take it. Well, to cheer you up, apparently the England game was absolutely shocking tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Missing that for, for this, yeah. Yeah. that that means you've missed a bit of poor football. Tom, would you take well, it? It's one team actually we could do with playing against England. I think. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Soon as though they won't put any of our men in. Yeah. Well, Harry yeah. Harry Kane, Harry Kane plays for England, so he'd yeah, still, he'll score at least he'd still score yeah. five. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was the safest bet in world football, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. <laughs> Tom, would you take seventeenth? <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would as well, Steve. Yeah, definitely. Right now, yeah. Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> how, how the mighty have fallen. That might be one thing. What, my little spin that I put on things this week, and this is me trying to look on the bright side of life, was let's look at what the club have given us over the last ten years in terms of memories and, and achievements and stuff. Not that we should accept where we're heading by any stretch of the imagination, but. It's typical Leicester, really, isn't it, in one hand? You don't have any mediocrity. You go from a real high to a mm. real low without anything in, in the middle pretty quickly. Um, I'm about finished tonight, guys. I'll take a prediction for you for Forrest, if that's okay, because we've got a prediction league, Jake. So yeah. I guess I think we're doing pretty well on that, mate, because we're all, we all love Leicester to win every week, and we're obviously not in the right place for that. But, Steve, I'll come to you first for that, if that's okay. Well, um. I'm going to be optimistic and go for us to beat Knott's Florist 3-2. Plenty of goals, bad defending. Is that what we're saying? Mm. Who plays up front for you, Steve, on uh, on Monday? Uh, um, Dakar and Ian Acho, I think. It's, it's, yeah, OK. OK. Tom, how about for you? What's the, what's the score for you on Monday? I'm thinking 2-all. Um, I just don't think we've got the right man in charge to make the correct decisions to manage the game. And who's scoring those goals for you? Madison. Yeah. And wild card will go for Johnny Evans. 
Yeah, that, that would be a wild card. <laughs> Just a quick note on James Madison, Jay. It takes a lot of balls to come out and deliver the sort of interview that he did after the Spurs game. He yeah. was really, he was good, wasn't he, in terms of taking the pressure away from the manager a little bit and saying, "Look, we're the players. We need to accept that this is our blame to to take." Yeah, and a bigger conversation and, and wider topic is a lack of leaders within the within the group. You know, and you know, Johnny Evans is the club captain now after Casper leaving and you know Brendan alluded to the fact that that we, we didn't have lots of them and, and not particularly loud ones and you know John is a guy who kind of leads by example and then the vice captaincy went to, to Mark Albright and a guy who is just not going to kick a ball this year you know we, we haven't got a right winger um, but the vice captain is a right winger but he's not playing um, so you know the more that you listen to James speak and the more you watch him play and, and has at times actually carried this team you know not just this season, but last season as well. I think in, in hindsight, he should have been given, you know, that vice captaincy. I think he should have been given a, a more integral part in terms of that leadership group, because yeah, as, as you say, you, you watch him play and you listen to him speak, you know, he, he's, he's, he's mature or s- certainly more mature than I think people on the outside give him credit for. It was mm. uh, another decision in a long line of decisions that left us going, what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where's, where's that come from? No disrespect mm. to Mark yeah. Wilson, but you want your captains playing, really, don't you? Rather than yeah, not making the squad sometimes. How do you think we'll get on on Monday? Right. Um, similarly to Tom, actually. So I, I'm going to say two all as well. Um, and I think Vardy has to to play. I think he has to play just because of the nature of the fixture. I think you need that that bite that need when it's kind of made from isn't it and um i've just got this feeling that we're gonna we're gonna take the lead and then look like we're about to capitulate and go 2-1 down and then we, we score late on to 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 steal a point um that's that's what i've just kind of got in my mind it's going to be hard work isn't it there's not going to be a clean sheet kept by either side so yeah i'm going to go to all that sounds like an absolute horror show from a family. <laughs> I'm not sure I can cope with that. Yes, <laughs> I, know. I know, I know. Having a nervous breakdown outside the stadium by that point, if that's the case. Uh, him, I, I'm going to go for two-one Leicester win. I think on. Uh, I just can't. I, it's not within me to say anything other than. Leicester I really hope so, game. mate. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> yeah we I all hope. I, I wouldn't push it as far as a clean sheet by any stretch of the imagination, but. If we win, of course, that puts us ahead of Forest in the league and it's a step towards safety, isn't it? If that's the, the conversation that we want to go through at the moment. And, you know, at this time, you've just got to break it down, I think. And like the great escape sort of season, I'm not saying we're in that sort of a mess yet by any stretch, but um, you, you take it a game at a time and, and beat what's in front of you. And that's what we did then. And that's what we need to do now. It just feels like we're a long way away from a victory at the minute, but... That's not going to stop me saying that we're going to win on Monday night. So that's what I'm going for as well. If you're listening to this, let us know your predictions on either Twitter or our Facebook page as well. Be good to hear what you've got to say. Guys, that's about it for tonight. The the hour has absolutely flown by yet again. Jake, I'd just like to thank you for coming on. You've been great tonight. Um, When can we catch you on TalkSport? So I am with Paul Coit on the Early Sports Breakfast, 5 till 6 a.m., Monday to Friday. And then I'm over on TalkSport 2, 8 till 9 a.m., again, Monday to Friday on my own. Um, So, yeah, it'd be great to have a a few more listeners in. And uh, I will do my best to pigeonhole and, and squeeze in where possible a little bit of chat about Leicester. Yeah, sounds good. Good, man. Will you join us again at some point? It's been great having you. Yeah, no, absolutely. Just uh, drop me a message and uh, be more than happy to come on. It'd be nice if you if you got me on next time after a win. I'm, I'm saying that to every podcast and every show I'm going on at the moment. Yeah. Um, 
we only seem to get me on when we're losing. Um, I'd like to actually talk about something fun, but I suppose that's not your fault, isn't it? It's, it's very much Leicester dependent. It's a tough gig. <laughs> yes, it is. In a world of it's busy and miserable. It's, it's a difficult time to <laughs> yeah. be yeah. around. We've, we've missed a couple of weeks thinking that it was going to get better, and unfortunately it hasn't done. So, you know, apologies if you've listened to it and it's been a bit of a doom fest, but we've tried to keep it as light as possible. Steve, uh, thanks very much. What's your week looking like this week? Well, I, I think this is a bit of a self-help group for everyone actually listening to this. Yeah, yeah. a busy week out here in Dublin, and um, I'll be home in time to watch the Florist game on the TV up in Aberdeen. Sadly, I won't make it down, but I will watch it on the on the box. Um, so that's my weekend. Yeah, and Tom, we'll be seeing you on Monday night. Yes, you will do, mate. Looking forward to it. Get out of work bright and early so we can uh, get down there and have a beer. Yeah, will do. Yeah, sounds good. Well, thanks very much for joining us. Next week, uh, we're recording on the Tuesday night and we're joined by BBC Radio Leicester's Owen Palmer-Atkin, who is going to spend a bit of time with us. It's his hat-trick appearance on the show as well, his third time. So uh, hopefully he's going to get the job that you really wanted tonight to talk about something nice. Yes. uh, (laughs) It could be which would be great. But that's it. And that's another episode of It's 11. It's 7 for Jamie Vardy. And we'll join you again next time. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.